This is the Vodka for Breakfast podcast. Every week we fill time with our voices talking about anything that comes to mind. Our website is www.vodkapodcast.com and if you have any questions or comments you can email the editor on isaac at vodkapodcast.com. Our content may offend some listeners but if you don't mind some real discussion then sit back with a bottle of vodka and listen to this week's installment of VFB. That scared me. <laughs> I can hear clicking. You're clicking. Do you hear me? Yes. Oh, jeez. Success. Oh, finally. Isaac, you there? Yes. All right. Fucking hell. That was a bit of a nightmare. Oh, yeah. And then that, it just like exploded in my head all at once. And I wasn't expecting it. And it scared me. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I upgraded Skype yesterday. And, uh, Every, every time I opened it up, it just crashed, and then I just couldn't get the sound sorted out, and I've been had, I've gone through about four or five different headphones, I had my camcorder hooked up through it, that's what was causing the echo. Okay. Uh, okay. All's well, it ends well. Ah, uh, hopefully. <coughs> so how are you? Not too bad, and yourself? Uh, I see you've been, doing a, you've been doing a bit of research, checking me pigeon foot videos and stuff. Ah, uh, yes. Can't do an interview without a little internet stocking, can we? Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, good luck, John, that, because I keep myself tied down. There's, there's no real information about me out there. Right? Yeah, well, I do my best. Good, good. Mm. So, we are ready to start now, right? Excellent, yeah, I'm perfectly ready. Right, welcome to the Vodka for Breakfast podcast, episode 14. I'm Isaac, as always, and with me here today... How do you pronounce your name? It's Dahi Dublin. Dahi. 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 That's it. That's not Daisy. It's not Daisy, as some people say. It's not. Oh, you can try any any number of pronunciations, but it's Dahi. Dahi. Dahi um, Dublin. That, I've never heard such a name. It's very. It's just the Ar- It's the Irish version of Dave. David, basically. Right. Well, I might. Well, I'll be calling myself Daffod. I might end up calling you Dave by the end. Cause That's I... okay. Look, look, Dave is fine. Dahi is, is, what, is, is the YouTube handle. I don't really get called Dahi an awful lot in real life. Oh, good. I'll just call you Dave from now on because I don't want to get confused. No, let's, let's, be, let's be nice about this. Call me Dave. That's... <laughs> okay, good. So, um, do you have a motorcycle now? I don't know. That motorcycle that was in that video was stolen. Uh, on Halloween night, I think it was 2000, 2001, mm. and I never got another one. Oh, why not? Uh, well, I only bought that one just to get myself back and forward from work. It was just the easiest thing at the time. Uh, I had a fair bit, fair journey right across Dublin City, and a car was just not the way to be doing it. And the bus routes weren't very good, so I got the motorbike. I was 30, I think, when I got that. It was the first motorbike I'd had. Uh, it was great fun. I enjoyed it. But when I went, I was very philosophical. Well, somebody stole it. A group of kids stole it on Halloween night. I, I parked up in a friend's house. And I went out about an hour later and the bike was gone. But I could see it. A gang of kids, probably about 10, 12 kids. And we've been talking to the ages of 14 to 17 who were trying to get it started. And I just wasn't going to go down and, uh, and interfere with them. Right? It wasn't <laughs> worth that much to me. So I called up the local guards, the, the police, and told them my motorbike had been stolen. And they said to me, uh, you do realise what night this is? It's our busiest night going. Bit of an attitude on him, and I said, Well, yeah, well, here's a crime you can solve straight away. Like, this, the guys are right down there, so they did nothing. And uh, so, right, so I was very philosophical about it. I said, Okay, the bike's gone, I'll get on a bicycle again because I do want to get fit. 
Uh, and that's what I did. I went and I bought a bicycle instead. Oh, that's tragic. No, it was great. It turned out to be really good because I got fit really quickly. Um, and then after about five or six months of cycling back and forward from work to home uh, and gotten really fit, I went off and I cycled around Ireland. I went, uh, did a, a route through all, all the counties, every county north and south of Ireland. It's a great thing. And that wouldn't have happened if, if the bike wasn't stolen. Sometimes the shittiest things that you encounter end up uh, with an ounce of gold on top. Wow. Hmm. That's a very really cool lesson to early to learn. So early it's on. the only way to do it. There's no point in crying over spilt milk. That's the way my mother always put it to me, and uh, I believed her. Mm. Didn't believe everything she told me, but I believed her in that. So are there a lot of like Dublin hooligans who would do that sort of thing? Uh, as many as there are anywhere else in the world. There's no there's nowhere free of hooligans. I yeah. hear. Do uh, you know that town of Boot or the country of Bhutan? Uh, it's between. I think it's between China and India. It's up in the Himalayas. I think it's the only country I know of that keeps a national record, an index of the happiness of its people. I think they might even have a Department of Happiness, for all I know, a Ministry of Happiness. And uh, I think, I don't know where I started in that question. What, what? <laughs> backpedal, backpedal. What was your point? Yeah, I don't know. I was, I started, when, I, when I said Bhutan, I confused myself. So where, where did that come from? It's not about being happy anyway. Oh, yeah, okay. So we we went... I thought you were going to say they kept, like, a national oh, list. Hooligans, of, that's it. You're on about hooligans, exactly. Yeah, look, yeah, maybe Bhutan doesn't have hooligans, because they seem to be quite happy. Maybe that was the point. <laughs> you can't remember everywhere anymore. Else, everywhere else in the world outside of Bhutan, there's hooligans. Okay. <laughs> Do you agree? Um, no. No? Have you found somewhere with no hooligans? Even if it's somewhere really rural, the hooligans might be very genteel. They might just... I don't know, kick car tires as they're going by or something, but there's going to be hooligans everywhere. Antarctica. Dis- no, okay. Disaffected penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Hooligan penguins. Yes. <laughs> oh, what would they steal? What would they do? Fish, of course. Or else you well, what else to steal? <laughs> Antarctica. Uh, other penguin eggs, maybe? Yeah, what, what's, what's, a, what's a hooligan penguin going to do with an, with a, an egg? Um, I ask you. A, a, sort of abuse it and try to start fights <laughs> with it. Egg abuse. Okay. <laughs> That's a big problem in Antarctica. I saw that and uh, David Attenborough's on about that alright. Oh yes. So uh, what did you do for St. Patrick's Day? Um, what did I do for St. Patrick's Day? Yes. Well, I didn't go and see my family. Uh, I don't think I went anywhere on Patrick's Day. What did I do on Patrick's Day? I didn't do anything mad. I didn't get drunk. That's for we get that clear straight away. Okay. I should have. I intended to, <laughs> but it never actually it never actually came about. I think there was a, there was a session on in one of the pubs down on. The, I live in Bray in County Wicklow, which is just south of Dublin, and uh, I think there was a session on in one of the pubs. But I, I figured out that it was probably going to be too many people in too tight a spot. Lucky to get a seat. You know, I I start going through the list of negatives, and the only. <laughs> The only only positive was you get drunk, and I said I could do that at home, but I never actually did. So, <laughs> well, you, you don't and I didn't wear anything green. Oh, even I did that. <laughs> Look, I love my country, and I'm a patriot, but I don't have to wear it my sleeve. Okay, but when when you're preparing for a party and intending to get really smashed, you don't go through the list of all the things. Oh, I might not be able to party. I, I won't be able to get a seat. I, won't I be able to. do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I, I won't be able to have like personal space. That those things don't <laughs> matter under partying <laughs> circumstances. 
Uh, well, look, if it was if there was a party on in somebody's house, those things wouldn't have come into my mind at all. But it was going to a local pub and the seafront here in Bray, it's a lovely stretch of, of seafront. But the whole thing was covered from one end to the other with, um, oh, you know, what do you call it, a, fun, a fairground. So it would have been a family haven. There would have been lots of mewling children uh-huh. and doting parents and noise and cacophony and stuff. Just mayhem. And it's not it's not what I call sitting down to have a nice few beers. I like going to a pub and sitting down and having a few beers and a nice chat. And uh, I don't want to be assaulted with diddly eye music for <laughs> three hours. Okay. Sit, sitting beside some, some incredibly drunk people. It's just that's not my idea of fun. So sometimes it's worthwhile going through the negatives. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so and it made sense to me the other day. So yeah, it's not it's, you know having fun is not compulsory on Paddy's Day. I did have fun. I just did it at home. Okay, alone. Uh, some of it alone. Uh, my my housemates went off for a drive and took the dog for a walk up the mountains, and I was alone for a couple of hours crying into me whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was quite delighted to be alone for a few hours. Yeah. What did you used to do? Solitude, you know? Yeah. What did you used to do for some patties when you were younger? Perhaps around my age? Um oh get stocious drunk, you know. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I just just go somewhere and drink as much as possible and be as loud and as obnoxious as well not obnoxious, but be as loud and be constantly declared and I'm Irish and this is my day to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I would have done it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can remember times going into work the following day. I, I, I worked in the UK for a while, and you were kind of given a free pass if you're Irish on, on Paddy's Day. They knew, well, not Paddy's Day itself. You might have worked on Paddy's Day, but they knew the following day you either weren't going to come in or you're going to come in late. Or if you came in and you're a little bit still a bit tipsy, you're given a free pass. Ah, oh, uh, that's quite nice. So, I, I, yeah, I can remember going in one time. I used to work in in, in IT on a help desk. And I can remember standing up on on a desk one time, mm-hmm. the day after Paddy's Day, still stocious drunk, coming into work. And I'll answer that phone call. I'll take that call there. What's wrong with your laptop? Let me go. You know, and stand up on, standing up on a desk as, as the boss comes in, and he doesn't even bat an eyelid at me. <laughs> uh, that was brilliant. Yeah, as long as you could do the job, that was it, and you weren't making a total mess yourself. Ah, excellent. What do you think of sort of Irish Americans who celebrate St. Patrick's Day when they're not really that Irish? Oh, look, fair play to them. Let them. Why not? Uh, it's an excuse. It's an excuse for a party. Um, you don't need an excuse for a party, though. I know you don't need an excuse, but it's always nice to have one. Yeah, that's my philosophy as well. Yeah, it is always nice to have them. Because if, if you're if you're having a party and... and, and uh, well, not just a party. If you're going off and celebrating something, you can't celebrate nothing. And if you're not, if you're just going out and getting drunk all the time, well, then you're just basically an alcoholic looking for an excuse. Whereas if you have a day where there's, you know, today's a day where everyone's getting drunk, well, it's, you know, you just blend into the woodwork. And it's, uh, so, uh, you know, getting back to Irish Americans, look, uh, there's certain things about them that I don't like, but having a party on Paddy's Day, no problem with that at all. And, and uh, the fact that, I was reading reports that places like was it Abu Dhabi or um, in Dubai? That's where it was in Dubai. That's you know the, the enormous building they have, the Burj Al, whatever it's called. It's like a, a the sail off a boat. This enormous hotel, it was lit up green for Paddy's Day. Oh. in an Ar- in an Arab country. Yeah, I think that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the English don't don't get that happening. You know, you don't get you know people painting their houses white with red crosses through them on on uh, on St George's Day. Just day. Well, yeah, but that's because uh, the English, let's be honest, no one really likes the English. The English do. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but 
well, just take France for example. If you go down to France and try to like stay in a hotel and you yeah. whip, whip out a British passport, they say, "Ah, English, I spit on them." And then, well, Charlie, I, I was I, I cycled around France one time, and I remember going into a uh, and I don't speak French, but you know, willing to have a go, Beeritz phrase book, and having a go at things. And we went into a, a campsite. And I wasn't particularly in the mood. It was a long, hard day, and I wasn't in the mood for trying to speak French and having the guy behind the counter just looking at me with his in his Gallic way. So I just, you know, do you speak English? This was my opener to him, and he kind of looked oh, a little bit, you know. Uh, so I said, all right, we need a tent somewhere for a tent for one night, you know, doing as many hand gestures I could possibly get. And he's very dismissive, and he pointed me over towards this spot of land we could put our tent on and we went over and started setting up our tent and the place was just it was like a pebble beach it's nothing but stones and beside this horrible old tree with loads of flies all around it and uh, just before we set up the tent i saw the guy beckoning me back over to the office and he said i need your passports which is a fairly standard thing to happen in france they hold on to your passport for the night so i handed him my passport and it was two irish passports and it, everything changed because I'd started speaking English, he thought I was English. He sent me over to the shit bit of the campsite. He said, oh, you're long days. <laughs> Get away from there. Sent us down by the lake, you know, and, you know, <laughs> best of everything. It happens a lot. Now, personally, I've no problem with the English at all, you know. No problem with the English at all. But I think what foreigners don't like about the English is the same thing that a lot of the English don't like about the English. It's the egg and chips brigade who go over to Spain and just want to sit in an English pub and complain about the weather. That's the kind of there's the kind of English that that uh, that the foreigners don't like, but the English don't like those kind of English either. And there's plenty of Irish I don't like either. The, the Irish like that you find in uh, Irish bars around the world doing the exact same thing, talking about the sod and uh, the old the old country, and isn't it great? And and very concerned about the politics of the country and what's going on and the state of the nation. Well, just get involved with the country you're living in. Don't be don't be worrying about us. If you're so concerned about us, why have you gone off to Australia for two years in, in the middle of a recession? We've got thousands of people in Ireland every single week. About a thousand or so people are leaving this country, going off to Australia and to America and to England and all, all corners of the world because there's a recession on and there's not much work about. Personally, I work for myself and things are tough, but I'm willing to stick it out because that's the only way your country is going to get back on its feet if you stick it out and uh, help the country pull through. If the best of our, our, our talent is heading off all, all corners, how are we ever going to get ourselves back on our feet? But on the flip side, the more of them that go away, the more work there is for the few of us who are left behind. Okay, are you done? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to bring up one last point. Do you not yes. think that the Irish have, like, such a charm that the English don't have? We can sort of, like, charm our way through to people. Um, the gift of the gab, I suppose you're talking about, is it? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, there might be a bit of that, yeah. There's a, there's a touch of that. We're storytellers by nature, you know. So we do like to sit in the pub, and we're, when we're sitting in the pub, we're not uh, we're not there exclusively to get pissed drunk. We're we're there to talk to people beside us and uh, to listen to their stories and share some of our own. So yeah, there's probably an element of that. Uh, I didn't haven't spent enough time in England to to know the difference. What, what you know? What what do the English do? How, well, it's not just the English. It's okay, you know, the Germans don't get that reaction that the Irish get, and the, you know, the Filipinos don't get the reaction that the Irish get. The Irish just seem to have this. Uh, people respond to the Irish in in, in, a, in a kind of bizarre way. I, I, I don't know where it comes from, really. 
I think we have a magic charm. It's got a magic charm, but there's plenty of charmless people here as well. You know, it's, yeah, it's not like everyone everyone uh, finishes a charm school. You, know, you look around at the people in Ireland, you think, well, how the, how the hell did we get that reputation with people like you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, look, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, drive it down. Happy to play up to it whenever I can. Mm-hmm. So, uh, have you lived like in Ireland like your whole life? With the exception of about two or three years, um, I lived in the Isle of Man, of all places. I, I left this big island to go live in a smaller island for about two years. Uh, travelled around Europe a little bit and travelled around America, but yeah, mostly mostly I've lived here. I haven't really... The older I get, the happier I am to be here and the less inclined I am. I've, I've never been to Australia or to Asia or any of those. And that's something I'd really like to do, Africa. Um, but and I, I, would, I would no longer think that I would ever emigrate or live permanently somewhere i love i love this place i just love i love it top to bottom left to right everywhere i get a buzz i smile i'm going down to work i, I live like i say we're just outside of dublin here um i might drive into work i pass by green fields and there's rolling mountains and uh, i'm right beside the sea here so it's the best of everything within five minutes drive of here uh, and i just love looking out on it and i think it's just, there's a there's a nature to the greenness of this country that you can't get anywhere else you know, it's not like we've got a monopoly on green green is a fairly common color throughout the world you know yeah uh, but something about it yeah the 40 shades of green it just seems greener here than it is anywhere else yeah and i love and i love that so I, d- I don't think i could consider uh, if i had loads of money i'd be quite happy to do uh, the old wintering wintering abroad type of thing winters can be quite miserable here but i think the key is to start enjoying rain <laughs> enjoying the wind <laughs> enjoy yeah again being philosophical about things you know there's no point if it comes to november here and, and people are starting complaining about the cold and the rain and the dark nights i said fucking get over it buddy because you know you've got six months of this coming up you know <laughs> get used to it now and uh, make life easier for yourself you've said so many things that i agree with completely and i thought i was like the only one that thought these things oh cool well you're not i <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy the rain. I sort of enjoy the wind. Not really. Yeah. Not, not when it's like really windy, because that really bothers me. But yeah, like, unless they're flying kite. <laughs> yeah. But like so, so many. Yeah, and so so many other things like the storytelling. I I just said on episode eleven how I would rather uh, be in a pub talking to some friends of friends than be out pubbing. Yes. Yeah. yeah so uh, full circle and all that. <laughs> Full well, it's it's an it's an enjoyable part of life here. I think uh, there's been an assault on our pub culture in the last say five to seven years or something. Uh, with started with the no smoking ban, uh, and then as as the no smoking ban took hold, people stopped stopped going to the pubs. Then the prices of beer kept going up and up, and then the recession hit. So the, we still go to the pub quite a lot. But it's not the hub of, of the community as you know it might have been in past generations where uh, where this kind of storytelling took hold and it's where everyone practiced it or you, know, you could sit and just people just were content to sit and listen to it and others just others took full advantage of it. I, I'm wondering what what effect that might have in our country and in, in when the current generation has grown up if we have a chance to get back to well here's one good thing about recession. People end up, uh, I've been to a lot more house sessions than I've been to pub sessions in the last year or two years. And they're great. I kind of remember my parents doing that. Uh, their generation in the 70s when I was going, it was only a nipper. Uh, my parents are always bringing their friends back for little house parties. You know, impromptu little sessions would bring up and somebody get out the guitar and 
uh, it just seemed to go on all night and me and my brothers and sisters would be sitting at the top of the stairs listening to earwigging on, on, on the uh, the adults conversations down below like there'd be a row at some point and uproarious laughter and stuff like that you know so I yeah I, I, I yeah. was going to contradict myself completely I say no even this generation is going to find its way we, we always seem to find our voice somehow yeah do you agree with the non the smoking ban in pubs uh, I didn't I'm a smoker you probably hear me lighter clicking like crazy <laughs> uh, um, uh, I'm a smoker I didn't agree with it when it came in first I thought it was it was outrageous um, but I, I don't mind it so much now I have to say um, I think all our all our worries are in, well, it's kind of in vain it, it is a nicer environment to be in a pub but it's not full of smoke uh, you might not mind your own smoke but everybody else is bothers you you know what I mean um, but now now a lot of the of the stuff that happens, a lot of the really good stuff that happens in pubs, happens outside in the smoking room. Or you know, pubs have made the effort; they have they have smoking rooms uh, and the heaters are on out there, and people just congregate at the at the front door maybe and, and have a cigarette. And you kind of run into people that you mightn't have done if you, you went to a pub and you sit down with a couple of your friends, uh, and you've got that little contained little conversation going on. You go out to the smoking room, and you know, by the time you've had your second cigarette, you're starting to recognise a few faces, and you go, oh, it's back again. Like, how are you getting on? And, you know, little little uh, side conversations uh, spring up so it's not bad in that in that regard at all but the public considered to themselves that there was, there's been there was moves on for a long time beforehand you know by the anti-smoking brigades to try and get segregated smoking areas so you would have uh, an area in the pub that was just for smokers and an area for non-smokers and but the publicans resisted this because it would have meant investing in about 50,000 quid's worth of uh, ventilation equipment or some some massive amount of money like that and so they said no and eventually uh, government said well tough shit we're going to you know blanket smoking ban and of course they lost a lot more than 50,000 uh, in each pub uh, so that that kind of fell there but there's there's other impacts in rural communities where you know, you might have to travel a little bit to get your pub. Uh, that and the, that and, and, and the, the, was it the uh, the alcohol rate? You know, what you can drink and you know the, the, your uh, what, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm searching for here? Like you know your, your alcohol limit uh, that keeps going down and down and down as well uh, to to ridiculous levels now. Like it's, it's, I think it's less than one pint. What's the point of having it less than one pint? <laughs> you know, really, why why would you have it? Just leave it at one pint. You're allowed one pint and you can go. Uh, even that's bad enough on these, you know, some, some people might have to travel in. It might be you know, like an old guy living in the heart of Roscommon somewhere and he might have to uh, drive down three or four miles to get to his local pub, a little shebeen somewhere, uh, and he enjoys a couple of pints. It's the only time he gets out of his little uh, farm cottage and, uh, and sees members of his community and then has a, a pint or two and drives home. He's been doing it all his life. Uh, he's not going to run into an, an awful amount of traffic. Uh, if he's lucky, he'll keep between the ditches and he'll get himself home. Uh, so yeah, there's been an assault on that whole the, the pub culture here, and uh, some of it's good, some of it's not. The smoking ban, uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with it now. I'm happy with it, like, or at least I'm content with it. And put it this way, I wouldn't want to go back, so I suppose I must agree with it. <laughs> Are you like a really heavy smoker? I can be. I gave up last year for seven months, and then I went back on, uh, and I've been smoking again for about six months, and I'm getting fed up. Um, I roll my own. Ah. So, uh, uh, it kind of slows you down. Well, it used to slow me down. It was one of the reasons I started rolling my own. One, to save a bit of money. And two, I was thinking, well, if you have to roll them all the time, you're going to roll less, so you'll smoke less. But you just get better rolling. And you, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? You get quicker. Or you'll sit at, you'll sit at night watching television and you'll roll about 20 for the next day. You know, so, yeah, I, I'm not a massively heavy smoker, but I suppose when I roll my own, I don't have a filter on them, so I'm, I'm getting the full benefit of all the tobacco. 
I will stop again. It's, it's on me. It's on the cards now for for. Uh, I'd say within the next two months I'll quit it again. Oh, okay. So what about yourself? Do you smoke? No, I don't because I'm intelligent. Ah, uh, something to do with intelligence. <laughs> yeah, it is. Look, I was I, I was an anti-smoker. I was a total non-smoker in, in a family full of smokers. Uh, and when I remember, I didn't start smoking until I was about twenty twenty-one. And all the way through my teens, I got to a stage where I refused to buy cigarettes from, from my family. They'd send me down to the shops. Like me and the, one of the youngest, you know, you sent off, go to the shops and get me 20 John Player Red. And, you know, you can't even get them now. And I would say, no, I don't smoke and I don't think you should. I'm not going to buy your cigarettes. Anti, anti-smoking. So you're young. What are you, what are you now, Ozzy? You're 19 or 20 or something? 18. 18. Okay. So I was the same as you at 18, believe it or not. No, I'm intelligent. I'm too smart to smoke. But then I met this girl <laughs> who smoked, and uh, I'd have to put up with her blowing smoke. And uh, if anything, I said, "Oh, because Jesus tried that, you know." So I started smoking with her, and then she, uh, then she quit, then she dumped me, and I was left smoking and single. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I think three years ago I was intelligent. Look at me now, <laughs> and that was twenty odd years ago. A harsh lesson learned. No, I'm still smoking. I didn't learn. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's mental. But um, why did you start smoking? Just to please her? No, I you know if you can't beat them, join them. You know if you're you're you're, you're sitting there and, and there's smoke all around you. And uh, do you know when you if you if you don't smoke, if you've never smoked, and you say here, give us a tr- give us a try, like give us a go, uh, you'll get high. You know if you've never smoked before, and somebody gives you a cigarette, you're going to get stoned very very quickly. And that's not an unpleasant feeling. And you go, oh, I didn't realise I did that to you, you know. And <clears throat> you'll have another one. A few days later, God, I'm going to... You want that feeling again, that kind of... That, that buzz. That, that buzz. Uh, and before you know it, the buzz is gone and you're hooked. And intelligence doesn't really have to come... And, you know, once you're a slave to your uh, your desires, really, and intelligence sometimes isn't strong enough to overcome that. Well, you shouldn't have said... I'm intelligent now, and I still can't stop smoking. I managed it for a while last year, but yeah, it's it's a once it's a drug. It's a very it's a vicious drug. It's more addictive than heroin. Uh, uh, the withdrawal isn't so bad, but it's yeah, it's very hard to, to to kick the habit. Well, you should have started in the first place. Yeah, but don't start blaming me for that, Isaac. It was twenty <laughs> years ago. I was only a nipper. I was a young fella. <laughs> I know I was older than you, but I was still only a young fella. <sighs> <laughs> what? Would you have any vices at all? Um, it depends. What advice? <laughs> well, it depends what you so, define. Something it. you know you shouldn't do, but you'd like doing anyway. Um, no, because I don't think I shouldn't do anything. Or just uh, okay, okay, right, okay. So on your scale of standards, you do, you have no vices. <laughs> of course not. That would be All silly. Right. All right, let me let me rephrase the question. Do you have? Is there anything that you don't think is is wrong, but others might that you still enjoy? Well, others. You don't have to go into details, obviously. <laughs> I don't want to spoil your own show. You've got to, you've got to do this again. I don't. <laughs> others are idiots, and they think everything's wrong. So who cares what they yeah, think? Okay. They're okay, idiots. Fair. Well, that's, a good, that's a good point. Good point. You got to sell your own ship in this life. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> Move along. Next question. <laughs> ah, time to bring a game. Into this podcast. Oh, here we go. The famous five questions. Oh, no. <laughs> no? No. Have you got a new game just for me? Oh, yes. Brand new game just for you. Oh, excellent. I'm honoured. Um, 
oh yes, never before done on the Vodka for Breakfast podcast, it's time for the quick fire round. Oh fuck. <laughs> I will give you uh, 12 sort of like questions and you have to get through them as fast as possible and there will all be like name five of this or name seven of this and for every one you do, for every one item you don't give me, I'm adding on a minute to your time. I'm confused. Right? Yeah. I'm going to get five questions. <laughs> no, you're going to question could have five parts to it. Yeah. So you're going to give me 25 questions, basically. <laughs> and I've got, I've got how many minutes to do it? You. It's how long, it's however long it takes you. Okay, all right. So I ha- so I can't I can't stop at any point. If you're going to make me go, all right, go ahead. Look, let's just start and get it over with. Come on. <laughs> oh, and at the end, you have to say, stop the clock. And if you forget to say, stop the clock. Can I say, stop the lights instead? No. Why would you say, stop the lights? There was an old, there was a television program when I was growing up in the 70s. It was called uh, Quicksilver. It was a famous, you know, all we had in Ireland were uh, RT1 and R, well, I think it was RT1, Fuzzy 1 and Fuzzy 2, as we used to call them. <laughs> and there was a, a really, really sad game show called Quicksilver. A guy called Bunny Carr was the presenter. And when you got, when you got people up for their specialist round, there was a, a row of light bulbs, like 100 watt light bulbs laid out around this board. And as, as the time is ticking by, the light bulbs would be switched off one by one. And when somebody got the right answer, they would shout out, stop the lights. <laughs> and it's become a phrase that's, you know, it's one of these a phrase in common parlance here in Ireland. If you say to somebody, stop the lights, they know exactly what you mean. So that's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say stop the clock. I'm going to say stop the lights. Okay, that's acceptable. I've okay. never heard that before, though. <laughs> you won't unless somebody you're talking to somebody 40 plus in Ireland. <laughs> All right. So are you ready? No, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, start. Name an Irish poet. Uh, WB Yeats. Acceptable. Two. Good, thank you. <laughs> the judge of all things poetic. Go ahead. Name two Iri- Irish Gaelic phrases. Uh, Pogue Mahone. Kiss me hole. And uh, uh, Law One is one day. Okay, acceptable. Name three Irish comedians. Tommy Tiernan, Dara O'Brien and Ed Byrne. Acceptable. Name four excuses to get out of work. Oh, God. Uh, I'm sick. Right. I'd actually ring up and say, uh, listen, I can't come in today. I've got diarrhea. Nobody questions that one. <laughs> they just want to get off the phone really quickly. It's the best thing to do. Right. I've got diarrhea. Uh, another one. Uh, somebody, a member of your family has died. Specifically somebody who haven't, hasn't died already. Right? You can't say your granddad died four times. There's, there's two. That's another one. Um, you missed the bus and it's the only bus. It's the last bus. Ever. Uh, yeah, exactly. If you're working a night shift, you say, I've missed the last bus and there's no way of getting there. Okay. Uh, dog ate my car. One of those. Yeah. That's number four. Right? It's, a, it's a long shot, but you probably could try it. Uh, another excuse. I've probably used every excuse ever for getting out of work. Um, uh, we can move on. Some, something disastrous has happened and I have to stay here for some bizarre reason. I can't, I can't, I can't go into it right now, but I'll give you a full explanation in the morning. I'm wonderfully it gives, you, it gives you a whole day to figure out what you're going to say. It's excellent. I love it. Number five. Name five counties of the Republic of Ireland that begin with the letter L. L. Okay, we have Louth, Leitrim, Longford. Yes. Uh, Leitrim, Longford. Yeah. Limerick. Yes. I've uh, one more to get, haven't I? Yes. Oh, God. Left of Dublin. No, that's not right. <laughs> Leash. Leash. Yes. That's it, yes. Name six Irish bands. Oh, you two, of course. Um, you have Clannad. God, where am I digging that up from? Uh, Hot Sprockets. God is an Astronaut. 
Uh, ham sandwich. One more. That's five, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, one more would be... Oh, what do you have? Cranberries. Okay, good. Name seven counties of the entirety of Ireland that have the letter W in them. W in them? Yes, at any point. At any point, okay. Wicklow, Wexford, Waterford, Wick- Westmead. That's four. That's four. How many about you get? Seven. Seven. There only is seven. West, West, yeah. oh, there is. Oh, fuck, I can name them all. Nice one, thanks. Uh, West me. <laughs> Galway. Yes. Uh, Carlo. Yes. And the one in Ulster. The one in Ulster. Uh, 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 what the hell? The one in Ulster. Shit, shit. This is this is bad. I've been there. I've been in everything. Uh, if I could, if I could just consult me me photo album, I'm sure I'd find it. Uh, I'm gonna have to pass on that one. Stop the lights! <laughs> no, no, it was County Down. Ah, <laughs> down, of course, yeah. <clears throat> Number eight, name eight fruit. A grapefruit. <laughs> That's one. All right, great, Tomato. Sure. Apple. Uh-huh. Pear. Mm-hmm. Orange. Mm-hmm. Grape. Mm-hmm. Lemon. Mm-hmm. And uh, banana. Yes. Name nine animals that you could find in Ireland, but not in zoos. They can find in Ireland, but not in zoos. Yes. Jesus, well, not in zoos. Well, a dog. Yes. A cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fox. Here. Badger. Yes. Pine Martin. Ah, it's up there. You won't find a Pine Martin in a zoo, but you'll find one in the Burren. I don't uh, even know what that is. It's like a little ferret type of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, well, not quite a ferret. Ferret. <laughs> <laughs> a ferret. A rabbit. Two more. Uh, what have I got there in a four? Uh, horse. Yes. And a cow. Yes. Number ten. Name any ten counties of the Republic of Ireland that haven't previously been mentioned. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right. Dublin. Yes. Offaly. Yes. Um, Westmead. I, I did that one. You did that one. <clears throat> Mead. Yes. Um, Cavan. Um, yes. Okay. Sligo. Yes. Mayo. Mayo. Yes. Kerry. Kerry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cork. Cork. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's eight. Donegal. Yes. One more. Tipperary. Yes. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, number 11. Name 11, ty- name 11 types of Irish cheese that originated in County Cork. Oh, fuck off! What? Say that again? <laughs> Seriously, now. Let me shake at my ears first. Go ahead. Name eleven types of Irish cheese that originated in County Cork. And I'll give you. I'll give you a clue. There only are eleven. Oh, great! <laughs> God forbid I'd miss one. <laughs> um, eleven types of cheese that originated in Cork. I I don't think I could name eleven types of cheese that originated around the world. <laughs> Did cheddar come from Cork? No. They Mild came cheddar? Ch- Strong no. cheddar? Mature <laughs> cheddar? No. Uh, Tesco cheddar? No. Uh, cheddar came from cheddar, obviously. Kilmeaden cheddar? Oh, man. Um, no, I complete. I, we could be here <laughs> doomsday. I couldn't tell you 11 types of cheese that come from Cork. Okay, so you, you'll pass that one. That's I plus 11 minutes. Yeah. The correct answers were Ardrachan cheese, Car a Gallin farmhouse cheese, Clonmore, Coolie uh, cheese, Desmond, Dubliner cheese, Droris cheese, Gabriel, Milins, Orla, and St. Gall. 
Okay. <laughs> so it was worth missing that just to hear you trying to pronounce them. <laughs> Number 12. Name 12 Irish Pure Pot Still Whiskies. Oh, God. Um, and there only are 12. Yeah, yeah, you're very, you're very good at this. Um, I'm not really a whiskey drinker. I know that there's one from, there's one from Tipperary called Green Spot. Uh, yes, that's one of them. Yes. Green okay. Spot whiskey. Oh, God. Bushmills? No. No? Pure Pot Still Whiskey. That's like a certain type of whiskey. We're not a whiskey connoisseur. Like, you know, just because I'm Irish, right? You're fucking giving me a question. Tw- name 12 whiskies. I also gave you 11 types of cheese. Yeah, cheese and whiskies. What else? You know? uh, no, I, I couldn't name you 12 types of whiskey either. Okay, so you're giving that one up. That's another 11. Stop stopping the lights. Uh, you can add as many minutes as you like. We'd be here forever. Okay, so that took nine minutes and nine seconds. Okay. Okay, and you forfeited... What's 11 plus 12? 23. 23. <laughs> so that's 23. Are you any points for that? 23 minutes plus 9 minutes and 9 seconds. That's 32 minutes and 9 seconds. We get a, did we get a, a minute off for answering that last question correctly? Well, you got, yeah, you got one minute off for nearing green spot. No, no, no. You asked me uh, what's 11 and 12. I said 23. No, I said 23. You didn't say anything. Well, I said, I said it. I, I peeped you to the, I peeped you to the post there. You go back and you review your podcast. You review your recording. You'll see that I came in early. I want a minute off or else I want a steward's inquiry. No, you're, you're not getting a minute off. Your score okay, was right. 32 minutes and 9 seconds. Uh, okay, okay. That was an amazing game. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it, actually, yeah. Right <laughs> until the end. I thought, I thought it was going great up until question 10. <laughs> question 11. Good game. Good game. <coughs> ah, good. If you could construct any saw-type trap, what would it be? Saw type trap. Have you ever seen Saw? Oh yeah, the movie. Yeah, the movie. Oh, God, that's like um, really bizarre uh, ways of killing people, isn't it? Yeah, a really bizarre way to kill. So you're asking me for a really bizarre way to kill somebody. That's got to well, be torture. A bit, a bit of mental torture involved as well, isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> you see, the point about saw traps is that they're meant to kill you, but if you really want to live, you can, but you have to like gouge out your eye or something stupid like that. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. There has to be a means of escape. Okay, um, if you were to wake up in a, let's see, a deep pit, call it, okay, just you and your dog, and you look up above your head and there's a, a cauldron full of molten metal and a timer ticking down two minutes, and just as you're asking yourself, what the fuck is happening, uh, you get an email, <laughs> you get a message from the dude who says, look, there's a key which will unlock a little door in the side of your pit where it has a ladder in it. An email. You've got 20 seconds to get the key and open the door, get the ladder and get out of there. And you say, great, where's the key? That I fed it to your dog just before we got here. And you've had this dog for 10 years. It's not an easy thing to do. Hmm. That's it. Okay. Die or else kill your dog and tear it apart with your bare hands. That's fucking. I I I'd find that tough. <laughs> you, is you, that saw? Is that sawish enough? Yeah, I like it. Did you did you like put you a like lot? Your, a lot of, <laughs> you're a twisted man, Isaac. Yeah. Did you put a lot of thought into that, like beforehand? No, you just you just hit me with that there now. <laughs> and what just, is, what's the worst thing? What's the worst thing you could do? And that's going to kill me, dog. <clears throat> okay. Well, do you have a dog? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> But I have friends who have dogs. I love dogs. I just oh. don't have one now. I'm, I'm living in rented accommodation and I can't have a dog, unfortunately. Oh, okay. 
That was, that was strange then. You don't even have a doctor. I said, you're not going to psychoanalyze me now, are you? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm ready. You're like, mental. It's like slip where you say one thing and you mean your mother. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're completely mental. In the Irish Times, moving on, like, there was a headline that read, Space Age printers that could change life as we know it. And there were, like, these uh, printers that could make, like, if you said lampshade, it would, like, try to make a lampshade and give it to you. What would you want? What would you use that printer for? Oh, I saw I saw these before, yeah, yeah. Um, what would you use it for? Mm-hmm. Well, say if you're running out of glasses, you're having a party. And somebody goes, it's champagne time, and I have no champagne glasses. You can make a champagne glass. Uh, <laughs> if you lost your remote for your for your telly, you can make yourself a new remote. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're you know if you're a smoker like myself, you've lost your lighter. I might make myself a lighter. How complicated can this thing be? Is it just a, a block, or is it, does it can you get internal workings going? I don't. I don't know. Because <laughs> so it might be able to make a lighter, but I doubt it will produce gas to put into it. Hmm. Okay. Make me a match. <laughs> <laughs> or two sticks I can rub together. I don't know. Uh, there's lots of things you do stuff for, isn't it? Um, oh, God. You know, it's endless. It's endless. Uh, I know that they're, they're trying to talk about this as a prototype for things like, uh, you know, you've got a, you're a high-powered uh, executive and you've got a meeting and you want to... Uh, Send a prototype off to your clients. You could just, you know, you know, physically fax off your prototype. Uh, but eventually, this this technology will make its way down to the consumer market. And what will people be using it for? Uh, yeah, that's a hard one. What what would people use? You know, join in on this, Isaac. Well, well, if I had that, then I would never need to go to Tesco's ever again. I mean, but, you, but you, they, you there's thing. It, it just, I think this is. It's not like something out of Star Trek where you just, you know, say, you know, gives a gives a plate of beans and chips and a cup of tea and up a pops you know this this thing from what i gather about it it's they're like the really really small little balls and it just combines them into a shape a 3d shape but it's not going to have any working parts to it and it's not going to have uh, you know you couldn't make a remote control for television because it wouldn't have the electronics inside of it wouldn't have the batteries so, yeah it wouldn't have the batteries it wouldn't have the electronics inside of it so you couldn't really use it to go and you know instead of going to tesco's and get yourself a sliced pan and a, and a tin of beans being a student as you are like you know it wouldn't it wouldn't work for that it would get you something shaped like a tin of beans and a sliced pan <laughs> but you couldn't eat it i don't think Hmm. Thinking. I was just upset you now, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just pondering reality, as I do. I do that a lot. No, it's a good thing to ponder. Mm-hmm. What kind of lighter is that? It's a, a Topaz lighter from Topaz Garage up the road. Ah. It's a child-resistant electronic lighter. I, mean, I, I don't know what kind of child would not be able to light this. <laughs> Perhaps that's many children who would not be able to light this lighter. Perhaps that's something you can experiment with. Make an actually childproof lighter. Uh, no, just give that light. <laughs> yeah, or you can just like give that lighter to your child and see if he can light it. And if yeah, he can, light that for me, son, will you? Light that for me. Can't figure it out at all. <laughs> if he can, then you have a complaint to make to the maker of that lighter. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, if you've got all that time in your hands, you could do more constructive things than that, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. And, you know, I'm going to quit smoking anyway. We know that. We've established that already. Are you, though? Or are you just going to go back? Uh, I might go back. I don't know about that. <laughs> but I'm going to stop, you know. So, you know, the more times you stop, maybe one time it'll stick. That's the way I see it. I don't believe in these patches or tablets or, or chewing the, the nicotine pills and sticking them on your arm. I think that's all nonsense. Because it's nicotine, okay? Who has nicotine to sell? 
Here's a question for you. The only people who have nicotine to sell are the people who make cigarettes. And people are not smoking anymore. They still need to sell their nicotine. So they come up with this industry of, uh, you know, patches and pills and chewing gum and stuff, the nicotine replacements. They're still hooked on that. I know people who are hooked on, on lozenges and chewing gum. They can't go anywhere without just sticking nicotine and chewing gum. Right. And they're still smoking. <laughs> they obviously didn't work then. <laughs> it totally didn't work. So, oh, pondering reality again. Well, how, how do you just, do you just do it by sheer willpower? Uh, yeah, willpower, but actually it's not willpower. You know, I did, I read um, I read that book. What's the famous book everyone talks about? Uh, <laughs> what? The guy, the guy, you know, it's specifically about giving up smoking, not just any famous book. <laughs> uh, oh, that that guy who, who uh, I'll have it here. It's here somewhere. How do you find it? Alan Carr's easy way to stop smoking. Alan Carr. Alan Carr. Uh, the comedian. Pardon? The comedian? No, no, he's no, 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 no. He's, he's, not, he's not funny. He's dead. <laughs> ah. He wasn't funny at all. He came <laughs> up with a system. He came up with the system for stop smoking, and uh, he wrote this book, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And I read the book, and I have to say, I read quite a lot, and it was probably the worst book I've ever read in my entire life. It was just so badly written. And so predictable, and I knew what he was doing. I, I I was reading this book going, I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to set up these psychological cues in my head. He's trying to basically hypnotize me. Every time he mentions cigarettes, he talks about, makes this comparison, you know, it's a demon in your stomach that just wants the nicotine. And um, every time you smoke, you're, you're feeding the demon inside you. And he keeps repeating this mantra, page after page after painless page. And you're thinking, I know what this is all about. I know the techniques, etc. But you get to the end, and he encourages to, to smoke all the way through reading this book. <laughs> he does, yeah. He's not trying to get you to stop straight away. He just wants you to give you a new framework for, for thinking about quitting smoking and, re- and saying that, actually, it's not willpower that you need. There's no willpower involved. He reckons he can convince you that you don't actually want to smoke and just you just have to realize that you don't want to smoke. Um and I read it and I finished it and I put it down and I stopped smoking straight away for three weeks. That was about three years ago. And I didn't, I had no withdrawal symptoms whatsoever. Uh, and it worked straight away. And, and I, despite myself and all, all the anger I'd had to get at that book and having to read it, every time I went for a cigarette, I was thinking in my head, the little demon wants a cigarette, he's not fucking getting one. And it worked. But then I had a joint and uh, I started smoking tobacco again. But three years later, bounce back to last year, uh, when I gave up again, the same techniques that he, I didn't bother reading the book again, I couldn't do that to myself. Uh, the same techniques that he went through were ringing in my head still. And I, that was all I needed. You know, you just, you, you don't actually don't want, you don't want to smoke. I'm sitting here having a drag of the cigarette here now. I don't particularly want it. I'm not particularly tasting it, but it's just, it's habit forming. Uh, so I will. I will give up smoking again, and I won't need massive amounts of willpower. I don't think. But whether I'll whether I'll keep off it or not, I don't know. My sister has probably tried about seven times to give up cigarettes. She was off it for six years once and went back on, and she's off again at the moment. And she's been off it for about five years now. So look, if you if you're smoking four years out of ten, you're doing good. It's better than smoking ten years out of ten. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're not convinced by logic, you know. <clears throat> I don't think you should have started smoking in the first place. Yeah, I thought, yeah, we covered this earlier on. <laughs> yeah, should have listened to me. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I when I started smoking, you were minus two. <laughs> <laughs> I was still right, though. <laughs> you weren't warm, but you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What has been happening in real life that's interesting? Well, 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 I presume you're talking about my life. Well, in, in just life in general. What's been going on in I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something that's happened there recently. I, I work for myself, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I do. I do pretty much. I'd say you'd, you'd most accurately describe me as a handyman. I, I, I was a tiler for a long time, exclusively tiler. Then I started uh, getting fed up paying for plumbers and carpenters. So I started doing that stuff myself. And then I started doing a bit of electrics and uh, and then I started doing less tiling. And so at this stage now, after a couple of years, uh, I do a bit of everything. And mm-hmm. with this recession that's happened, uh, I didn't make an awful lot of money during the Celtic Tiger because I, never, I didn't overcharge people. Everyone was being overcharged left, right and centre. I'd go into a, a client's house and uh, I might it might be a, a seven bedroom house with 48 bathrooms and, and two Daimlers out the front. But I still charge them the same as I would charge the person in the council house. I just charged them what I thought was a fair price for, for the job that was at hand. Uh, fucking gobshite! I should have charged him through the roof. <laughs> I, I, I could have got. I would have had some money behind me now. Um, but but now you know everyone's in trouble with money. Uh, but I'm starting to find myself in demand a bit more now. People are starting to you know the word of mouth is actually is working in my favour now. Whereas a couple of years ago, I'd go in and, and, and quoted price for a job. I think that's that's a fair price. Like you know, I'm not I'm not screwing them here. And people would think. Fuck it, he's charging eight hundred, and the other two fellows I asked were charging twelve hundred. Must be something wrong with him. I'll get, I'll go for the other guys for twelve hundred, and they, and they, they get a pile of shit, you know, basically. Whereas now people are saying, well, you know, you get recommendations easier if your price is right nowadays. It's, it's more price conscious. So I'm actually fi- starting to find myself getting busier as the recession deepens. Um, that's one thing that's happening. Yeah, that, that's work-wise. It is not all that interesting anyway. Uh, what else? What else is happening interesting in my life? Uh, I thought it was uh, interesting. Yeah, fair, fair play. Very good. I'm delighted. Um, it's not that interesting. Well, I enjoy my work. I really enjoy. I love. I mean, I, like I told you before, I worked in IT for a long time. Uh, I've done a fair bit of everything, right? I've been. I, I've, I've. What have I done in my life? Um, I've worked as a photo processor. Um, I worked as a sound engineer for quite a while. I worked as a, uh, a printer for a number of years. Uh, I worked in the IT business. Um, and now, I think when I got to the age of 35, I think, I realized I wasn't really good working. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy work. Um, and I started to enjoy working for other people. And I wanted to, uh, well, apart from that, I'm, a, I'm an insomniac. I, I, can't, I, tend to, I tend to be awake till the wee, wee hours of the morning, like seven o'clock in the morning before I'm starting to get tired and, fall, and want to fall asleep, uh, which really doesn't work out when you're supposed to work at nine o'clock. Uh, so I, I started working for myself uh, partly so that I, I wouldn't have to be making excuses. You know, we went to our list of five excuses to, to not turn up for work. Uh, I couldn't give an excuse to myself because I knew exactly what I was doing. Uh, I also couldn't fire myself. I can, you know, I'm the only employer. I have this in the YouTube channel. I'm the only employer I've ever had who couldn't fire me, and it's great. Uh, and and uh, when when I'm when I'm up late, I know exactly why. Uh, but working for yourself is is an amazing thing. Uh, even when even if things aren't going great and and you haven't got a lot of work in, or, or sometimes you, I mean, it's a job I just finished there the other day. I was, I was painting painting an apartment and uh, just in time the, the rent is due etc and that money is already spoken for but halfway through it I, I, I kneeled on a toilet seat as I was painting around a mirror in the bathroom and uh, I broke the toilet seat but it's an expensive one it's going to cost about 35 quid to replace I got to replace that you can go to your boss like if you worked in, in a company and say look I'm not the breaking a toilet seat there you're not to get that sorted you know you got to do it yourself you got to you know, man up and, and, and take that on the chin and it's a, it's a hit. So there's 30 quid that, that would have gone somewhere else, that, but it's it's going to go back in. It's an expense. Stuff like that might happen, but you still... I mean, today I finished at, uh, at 4 o'clock. I thought I was going to have a full day today. I finished at 4 o'clock, but I didn't start until 11 o'clock today. Uh, you, you know, it's, you've a lot, a lot of time to enjoy, like I said earlier on, you know, just enjoy the countryside here and, and being free. There's nothing like... Uh, I've spent enough time as a, as a wage slave for, for companies to realise that 
you're walking down the street at two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and you, you know that there's so many people who are stuck indoors staring out the windows and they've still got 10 more spreadsheets to finish off or soul-destroying office work that they have to go through. Uh, I, I did that and I, I worked for in, in, I worked in financial companies for a while as well. Uh, it's just soul-destroying. Uh, to be outside is a privilege sometimes. And I never forget it. Like I never, it's never something that's far from me from your memory. Even if you're if you're on a, on a job and it, things get a bit tough when you're working for yourself, and you're having a hard day, a, a bad day. Unlike in an office, I can say, "Oh, I'm just going to stop. I got to go off and get materials. I'll be back in an hour." And off you go, and just go and sit somewhere, and go and sit in the beach, and have a cigarette, or have a sandwich, and recoup yourself, and go back and, and get stuck back in again. The freedom you have when you work for yourself is priceless, even if the money isn't always great. So I, that's I always enjoy that. So you know, up or down, summer, winter, you know, I always kind of enjoy that, uh, work-wise. And now, no more than ever, it's, it's just as good recession or no recession. I think I'm in a better position than a lot of people in this country. So uh, that's something that always keeps my spirits up. You know, I, I'm always kind of happy because of that. Uh, other things that make me happy at the moment. Uh, I have a friend over from Australia. She came mm. over last year. Uh, I hadn't seen her in about ten years. And she came over last year, uh, September, I think it was, and her, she was home for two months. But things were really tough back then. There was very little work on. And I just hadn't got the money to go down to Galway to, to see her. Uh, and then when I started to get a bit of money, the snow came and uh, we got snowed in about a week before she had to fly back to Australia. So, I'm, you know, it was a, a totally wasted opportunity. Uh, this friend I hadn't seen in so long. And you know, I felt terrible about it. I felt really bad. But I found out there about a week ago that she's back home in Ireland again. Kind of, you know, it's not not the best reason her granny fell down and broke her hip. <laughs> I'm kind of saying this kind of whispering so she can't hear. <laughs> her granny fell down and broke her hip, so she came back home to look after. Uh, but the bonus for me is she's back, and I got a second chance to see this catch up with this friend that I, I hadn't seen in such a long time. Like you know, one of those really good friends you make in life, and uh, you have to work hard to keep those kind of friendships going. Uh, and I thought I'd lost out an opportunity there uh, last year, and it's it's fresh. So this is what I'm doing. In I think uh, Wednesday this week, Wednesday or Thursday this week, I'm going down to Mayo or to Galway to see her. And then I'm going to spend a bit of time in Mayo with another friend of mine. So I'm off for a bit of a holiday uh, at the end of this week. Uh, a well-deserved break. It's the first time I've been out of, out of Dublin and Wicklow uh, for about six, seven months. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's great. Great. Uh, my friend lives in Mayo. He, he, he's originally from Tala. In here. It's kind of a roughish kind of area in, in Dublin. I lived over there with him as well for a while. Uh, and he took his whole family down to Mayo uh, maybe four or five years ago. His son was uh, just turned 17, 18, around that kind of age. Uh, I'm starting to get involved in drugs in the local area. Uh, and he said, right, that's it. I'm getting them all out of here, no matter what it takes. Took the whole family off down to Mayo. Uh, just, to, you know, basically to get the son out of that environment. And he had a daughter who was just about eight or nine at the time and didn't want her growing up in that environment either. Uh, and he's now in this great little situation in, in a beautiful place in Mayo called Turmakidi right on, on a lake uh, in, in one of the V-shaped valleys. So you get up in the morning and you can spend the day looking at, the, at the, you know, the mountains on either side of this valley that he sits in the, in the bottom of. And every five minutes, it just looks like a different valley. The sun hits it from a different angle, lights up a different crag and glints off the lake here and there. It's amazing. It's a great place to go back and to unwind. Again, another reason why Ireland is just such a fucking beautiful place to live. <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. I like philosophy on life. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, philosophy is no good unless you apply it. Like, you know, there's too many people who who are into philosophy, and it's a uh, it's an intellectual kind of side. It's something they do. You know, you got to know who the, who your philosophers are. And you know, outside of the, uh, the the Monty Python song, there's a lot of philosophers I haven't a clue about. You know, um, 
I think philosophy is no use unless you apply it. It's, it's no point. There's no point knowing what the philosophies of certain people are unless you you, you make some use of it yourself. Just the whole point these people did it. You know, the whole point philosophers philosophize in the first place is to improve the lot of mankind. And if you don't take on board what these people said, uh, you're wasting it. There's no point knowing it intellectually. It's no use to you whatsoever unless you want to teach it or you know a student of philosophy. Uh, you have to apply it. I think. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And with that, I think we shall wrap it up. Okay, okay. I enjoyed that, Isaac. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Good, good. I'm number 14, is that right? You had you had Shane, uh, not my name, 2050 on before me, is that right? Yeah, he's episode 13. He's he, episode also, he also did episode 1 as well. Did he? Ah, fair play, fair play. He's a nice guy. He's, a, he's a one of the YouTubers I really like. Ah, yes, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a really he's a really guy. He's coming up with some really really great videos lately. Like he start he's obviously he's been getting the uh, he's getting his hands on some some movie editing kind of uh, equipment and software. I haven't done it. I'm still at the uh, the talking head stage, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not quite a lot. Like I said, I worked in IT for a long time, but I, I kind of I enjoy the uh, I enjoy making making stuff out of what's available you know i've got an old vhs camcorder and i have you know i i have the weirdest thing my computer's hooked up to a 27 year old amplifier with some studio <laughs> speakers and uh, i mix analog and digital together so my stuff doesn't look anywhere near as uh, as uh, professional as stuff that some people are putting out but uh, that's all for the future yeah and at the future as far as i raised from bloody podcasts i'll tell you that <laughs> Uh, so, uh, do you want to plug your YouTube so that people know where to find you? Uh, just Dahi Dublin. Uh, what's the point of even trying to plug it? If they can't pronounce it, they probably can't even spell it. <laughs> you, can, you can put a link underneath the podcast. That's the best way to do it. YouTube.com slash D-A-I-T-H-I Dublin. That's there it. You spell Dublin because some people aren't going to know that either. <laughs> D-U-B-L-I-N. All one word. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right. All right, Isaac and Chaotic Supernova. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's been a it's it? been a massive pleasure. I'm for me too. I'm gonna to go down now and have another beer. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs>